heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Christmas, but it's also another very, very important week here as we celebrate episode 139. No, that's not the milestone. Your playoffs may have already started. I know for me, my playoffs don't start till this coming week. But anyway, to get you ready for what might be your semifinals or your finals is the fantasy expert himself from Sportsnet, from uh, USF, um, UFFL, Andy McNamara. I can't believe I butchered that. My bad. But Andy, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good, my friend. Doing good, Griff. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Like I told you off air, just had my birthday yesterday. Um, unfortunately, I was supposed to go to the Raps yes. game, but then that got postponed because of everything going on, which we'll get to in a bit. I got to stay home, watch the two games. Unfortunately, your Browns were on the wrong side of things. But it was that game was a much better game than what we got at nighttime. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. At least there was the the, the drama um, of the Browns game, heartbreaking as per usual. That's what we're used to as as Cleveland Browns fans. You get you get you never get fully numb to it, I guess. But you know, it's uh, it's tough. It's just so weird that week 15 goes to Tuesday, and then week 16 starts. On Thursday, like it's just like you get the one day break and then off you go again. Exactly. Like we get tomorrow. Like it's so weird. Like for the like the next few days, it's like so the two games yesterday, then we have two games tonight. Which at this point, if for mostly us in Canada, that's the only sport really on tonight because there's one hockey game and I think only a handful of NBA. And then tomorrow, nothing. And then Thursday we get a game. Friday, nothing. And then Christmas Day, you get to open a gift of your Browns playing with along with the Colts and Cardinals. And then a full slate on Sunday. And then Monday, and then also on Sunday, my personal favorites is starting back up again, the World Juniors. So for sports fans, look, I love it. Oh, yeah, this is a great time of year with it, especially you add in yeah, the Christmas Day games. Lambeau on Christmas, I feel better being able to watch it from home than the – I have some reporter friends I have to travel to Green Bay from Cleveland. Let me tell you, they are not too pleased with having to make that trip. That is a uh, – from what I'm told, to get to the airport there and all that and the, the commute from there, it is a grind so that's not great, but hey, we get to be entertained, right? Exactly, exactly. That's the thing. Like Christmas Day, look, you get to wake up, you get to open your presents, you get to celebrate with your family, and then you get to get to watch your football team play. I even know last, and even too, just wanted to make the fantasy football reference to it. Last year's Christmas game featured a six touchdown performance by Alvin Kamara. So we may <sighs> see something similar on Christmas Day, including to what I think now is the best fantasy football player who personally burned my boys on Saturday night. In Jonathan Taylor, who plays in the second game on Christmas Eve, on Christmas Day, excuse oh me. Jonathan Taylor has been an absolute man beast. Like, that's just beyond ridiculous, right? The, the season he's been able to have, really taking over as the fantasy superstar when Derrick Henry went down. And it seemed like it took a while, right, to then finally figure out, oh, Colts coaching staff, it's a really good idea to play Jonathan Taylor because he is unstoppable. And what does that do? For fantasy, it obviously means you have a true RB1, which gets rarer and rarer. But it also means that, all right, well, Carson Wentz maybe isn't the uh, fantasy low-end QB1 that he was earlier in the year, but two quarterback leagues he works. And it allows opportunity for Michael Pittman to jump up as that, that you know kind of solid WR2. So it really makes everything work. 
Exactly, exactly. That's the one thing. And sorry, too, if there's some uh, pinging. I just had a couple of notifications. I had to turn things off. But no, you're right. Like, it's opened up the offense a lot to even where, look, like, me saying this is, like, just kind of like putting lemon in a wound. But Hmm. the fact that Wentz did only had to do what he did and then Taylor literally just bursts, can find those seams and burst through it, it's just proof that when you watch him, you have that, like, security blanket of, hey, it's a reliable guy. It's like a reliable RB1. Like, look at the, like, if you look at a lot of the RB1s this year, look, you have, Henry Hurt, McCaffrey done for the season. Saquon Barkley really wish-washy up and down. The same thing with Ezekiel Elliott. Jonathan Taylor is probably the most trustworthy RB1 that's come out through the season. I'm just saying that because he's been there start to finish with no concerns. And Because that's the thing I was getting from last year where a lot of people were still saying with McCaffrey. for I think he only played like two or three games last year. But in those two or three games, I think he had always north of 25 points. So yeah. that's why I think this year he was the number one pick in a lot of leagues. This year, I think it's going to, like, and I was always on the boat more of, hey, take Derrick Henry. I, I think right now, if you're looking at next year already, I don't know a world where Jonathan Taylor is not the number one, number one pick in a lot of drafts. I think it's Jonathan Taylor. He goes past Alvin Kamara, not Alvin Kamara's fault, nope. because right now it's Taysom Hill, who is a fantasy vulture, a Grinch, if you will. Um, and we don't know what's going to happen next year in New Orleans. Are they going to trot back out Jameis Winston? Is it Hill? Is it Ian Book, who they got from Notre Dame in the draft last? Like, what are they doing? Whereas in Indianapolis, you know Carson Wentz, while mobile in the sense that he can move around the pocket well, roll out, play action, bootleg, all that good stuff, he's not going to be running for 100 yards in a game. If you're going to run the ball, you're going to give it to Jonathan Taylor. And that's really what you want. That's why Najee Harris was so appealing this year in Pittsburgh. Roethlisberger ain't running, right? And, and, and the Steelers' offensive line is quite poor in comparison to Indianapolis as well. So he is setting up to be just a tremendous um, RB1, likely first overall pick. And Griff, what's interesting, too, is see, every, every couple of years you have that turnover. It was, remember, it wasn't that long ago. Todd Gurley was the first overall pick. David Johnson was the first one or two pick. Right, Gurley's not playing. Johnson, you can't touch. And now we're kind of moving on from that next phase of where it's guaranteed to be either CMC or Barkley or Zeke Elliott. Now we're starting to transition to that next wave. You know, the other interesting thing about a lot of these more top-end running backs now is if you look at guys like Saquon, Zeke Elliott, Christian McCaffrey, they were all top 10 picks in the drafts. But then if you look at the guys like Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook. These guys are all second, third round picks. It's like the same thing with wide receivers this year, where a lot of these wide receivers on the free agency spectrum weren't getting those big money deals because a lot of teams know for as good as the NFL crop is, there's a whole other crop coming up from college. Like look at a Jamar Chase, for Mm -hmm. example. I know he plays in your division in Cincinnati, but he's been, I hate a poor game on Sunday, but he's been very consistent when it comes to fantasy football. And that's what you're looking for in a fantasy team, in my opinion. Absolutely. And you want to look at what I always say, Griff, is opportunity equals success in fantasy football. Who is going to get the most opportunity? You could have a super talented player. If he's in a backfield committee, he's not going to be as valuable as maybe a slightly less talented guy. But, you know, he's going to get all the carries. Same thing with wide receiver. Now, you also have to look at the offense. So to your point with Jamar Chase, well, both him and T. Higgins are very fantasy relevant as WR wants because Cincinnati throws the ball a ton. Whereas, let's say with my Browns, who are a run-first team, well, you have to uh, downgrade 
any pass catcher because it's a run first offense. So it's all things you have to take into account when it comes to building your fantasy team. Oh, a hundred percent. Like, I feel like a lot of times people just go in for like the hot player or the hot commodity, but then even too, you get all these guys in later rounds, like in the one league where I'm in first place right now, one of my best players all year has been Debo Samuel. Oh yeah. Yeah. And how about these every year, every year, there's a, a one or two waiver wire gems that help you win a fantasy league. So the league that I'm in first place and I'm coming off the, the fantasy buy, I picked up off of waivers. I think week two, maybe for both of them early in the season, in any case, Hunter Renfro and Corder L. Patterson. Fantasy studs. Absolute studs, especially in PPR for Renfro. They have lit it up. Those are guys you got for free, for next to nothing. And those are the type of players you don't always hit on them. You know, it, it's like almost like the, the lottery, better odds, but almost like the lottery where you'll pick up, you'll make 30 roster moves during the year. You just maybe need that one, maybe two who can hit and give you that comfort level that you can slide them in they can either be stars serviceable in the backup sense or or whatever but those two especially renfro and patterson my goodness christian kirk too has been really good and i got him uh, i think as a really late round uh draft pick this year as well because that's even the other thing with christian kirk too though he's like taking advantage of a situation like right away like he was the kind of guy i would go and look at being like oh hey can i kind of grab him as soon as deandre hawkins went down because i'll tell you in a league yep. I made a trade of Jefferson for D-Hop, me, me and the other guy thinking, hey, it's going to be fair, and I ended up getting burned by it, which, which sucked. But mm. I, I'll, I'll live with it. I'll live with it. But all in all, too, the one receiver we have – there's two receivers we haven't brought up yet who have just been electric this year. Because I even see, too, a lot of people doing the two RB strategy, which I did. But I've seen a lot of people do this where they'll go with their first – like if the back – say if you're picking back half of the first round or if you have the snake draft where, say, if you're a 10-man league, you're picking 10 and 11. I've seen a lot of guys in that position do Devontae Adams and Travis Kelsey, and those guys right now are the ones that are probably in line to win their leagues. So for as That's good it. and valuable as running backs are, you can. Eat, there's even guys like, say, a Leonard Fournette or even James Robinson who kind of like got left by the wayside where you could go and grab them in rounds three, four, and five. That's it. That's it, right? So it all depends where you're drafting. I'm a big believer in the, getting the tight end early because look once again, folks, okay? I told you on this show, on my show, on many shows, that if you don't take a tight end early, you will be streaming, chasing your tail, and we'll be in the hashtag AskAndy all season long of what do I do at tight end. And I'll keep helping you, but I beg you, listen. Listen to the strategy of if you are a later first-round pick, take the tight end, or if at the top of the turn. Because Kelsey, Waller, now Waller's been out a few games, but he's been stellar. You know, you, you get George Kittle back, but you missed on him the first bunch of the year. Who else can you really rely? Kyle Pitts had a couple games. I like his talent overall. You can't count on him. You can get Mark Andrews. Think, Mark Andrews. Yeah, but like, look, look at the look at the tight end one numbers. It is the most deceptive fantasy stat, and I guess like a signage put on a player anywhere in fantasy football because usually RB one you're thinking all right twenty something points wide receiver the same quarterback tight end one in a twelve team league can be like seven points like. That's for real, <laughs> right? So you got to try to hit on those top guys. And I like that stack because, okay, it's all about strategy. You go Adams and Kelsey, you're set there. But now you got to really go hard on running back. And if you don't, maybe you stack up and depending on your league, everyone knows their, their league mates. Some leagues trade a lot, some don't. Uh, maybe you look to trade later and, and create some draft capital. The two quarterback comment you brought to, I am a, a huge believer in as well. In one of my leagues, I had Dak Prescott. 
and much later, I'm, I'm a big believer in Jalen Hurts, and I got Jalen Hurts. And he, Jalen Hurts has covered me off quite a few times this year when it comes to Dak Prescott. So I'm a, I'm a believer in that as well. Oh, no, 100%. That's the one thing. Jalen Hurts has really come out of his shell this year in the sense of like where I know some people, oh, is he a, is he a franchise quarterback? That's still to be seen. But from the fantasy perspective, which Ooh. I feel like a lot of people – I think a lot of people pay too much attention to what he does on the field and how the team is that goes into a lot of the stats. Like another, I'm actually going to go back to the tight end conversation and I know he's out for the season, but look at a TJ Hawkinson, for example, Mm -hmm. not on the best team, but he's been getting the ball. He was getting the ball a lot. So sometimes I feel like you have to ignore the team situation and strictly pay attention to the player as a whole, because if you get caught up in the team drama, that's what's going to burn you. That's it. You look at the numbers at the end, Blake Bortles. Remember old Blake Bortles? He was oh, a yeah. good fantasy quarterback. Terrible real-life quarterback. Comes in the fourth quarter. Garbage points count the same, people. Doesn't matter how it looks. Just get the points. Right? That's that, That's it. So for Jalen Hurts, you know, I don't really care what happens to the Eagles. Uh, if he does well, then that's great. If he's on the field, he's running around or whatever, that's, that's awesome. Just matters on the result. And, of course, if you feel it can be sustainable. Because you can have that sort of chaos and it can still be sustainable because of a bad team oh no 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 100 that's that's the whole thing like i said look hey ignore the bad team thing obviously there are some teams where you just don't get those players like for example there's not a lot of people in like say houston the jets michael no. carter michael carter had like a couple of weeks here or there um and then the only other one i can think of with the very well chaotic jacksonville which i like to say the expression they run a better wrestling promotion than football team is james Robinson. Sure <laughs> james Rod- and you know what Elijah Moore out of the Jets, too. I want some shares of that guy next year. I do, too. I, you know what? Yeah, Elijah Moore's a guy that's really come on, Michael Carter. Uh, Corey Davis, I feel like, was just – I think it was one of those people that everyone had as, like, his peak peak. Like, they were, like, hoping that he would, you know, be that guy. But then, in reality, he's never had to be that guy. So, I feel like next year he could be a guy you could get later on, maybe have for a flex or a good bench candidate as well. Yeah, and, and we'll have to see what changes happen in uh... – in New York, right? That's the Jets are. Oof, it's, uh, it's a tricky situation. Um, but you still have a couple guys, like we said, like Moore and Carter to, to build on. And right now in Jacksonville, what happens next year? New coach. Um, a lot remains to be seen from them. I would say it's really you know, James Robinson. And depending if you get a, a good coaching for Dynasty, I know a lot of people down on Trevor Lawrence. He didn't get bad at football overnight. He got Urban Meyer. And uh, I hope for his sake he gets a, a competent head coach that can really start to build him up. Oh, oh, 100%. That's the big thing, too, because if you can build his confidence back up, he's going to be a good player both on the field and on the fantasy football field. And even, too, they have to add some weapons because he's got, like, nobody good to throw to mm. right now. And the other sure. factor as well with the James Robinson thing that we all forgot about because he's out for the season is the Travis Etienne factor. Oh, right. Jeez, he's going to be coming back. Yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I remember as soon as right. as soon as he was drafted, um, I said, "Oh, that kills." I I thought right away, I'm like, "James Robinson's done his fantasy because James Robinson last year fantasy pick waiver wire pickup of the season in 2020." Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, he was undrafted guy, right? And so now it's like, all right, well, what 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 are we looking at for for this year for next year? He sort of got the um, Philip Lindsay treatment, right? Had a great year, and then they added more. Well, this guy's doing great. What are you doing? So, yeah, we're going to have to see how that works out in, uh, in Duval. 100%. Well, that, that Duval is going to be that, that one of the like, storylines of the offseason to follow. But you know what? That's not here. They're there. We still got a lot of football to play. 
because I saw a tweet last night from Matthew Barry that said, I know everyone was complaining about the Bears and the Vikings, but in three months, we're going to be fiending for football. So you know what? I took that. I'm like, you know what? That is the truth. We're going to be wanting the game back. So I'm going to appreciate it now because before we know it, we're going to snap our fingers and it's the middle of February and it's gone. Uh, before we get you out of here today, I have two questions I want to ask you. One, okay. I think we already know. I think I already know the answer, but I just want to hear it from you is who is your fantasy football MVP this year? And if there are any people that need a waiver wire pickup for week 16, who are you Ooh. already looking at? Great question. So my MVP is, uh, it's Jonathan Taylor. Um, and, and it's because you don't just look at our power. You look at expectation. People expected good, but they were still in the Keem Hines. Remember the beginning of the year, they re-signed Marlon Mack. What was he going to be? Didn't have, he had a good start, but not a great start. So it's got to think, wow. All right. This is, this is the guy. This is when it's, it's, it's happening. And there we can going forward uh, for week 16. As far as a couple guys. I don't mind Amonra St. Brown of the Lions. Lions, again, on a bad team, you have to always ooh, follow your expectations. But he said at least 11 targets and 73 yards um, in, his, in his last three games. I can't ignore that, you know. Um, Justin Jackson is somebody to watch with uh, uh, Austin Eckler having an, a bit of an ankle issue. Um, there's talk, too, with, like, Duke Johnson and all that. I don't know. I'm, I'm not too crazy about that. Those would be sort of my top two guys. Um, keep an eye, too, if Pat Freermuth does play. I like him in there for Pittsburgh. If he doesn't, maybe James Washington's a bit of a flyer to put in there um, for the Steelers as well. You know what? I'm going to agree with you, too, on the Duke Johnson. I feel like that's that one pick like that always comes along where it's like this random guy has a great week. Everyone goes, picks him up. Spent, like, like Elijah Mitchell earlier this year, for example. You pick him up, you spend all your FAB on him, and he gets you like, Four or five points. Uh, not sure what happened, folks. I think we may have lost Andy here for the second. Oh, I'm here. Oh, you're back. You're I'm back. Here. You're back. Okay, cool. He kind of went silent there for a second because he kind of cut in and I was well, but it's no big deal. So the thing I was I'm going to repeat myself was what I was saying with Duke Johnson. I feel like it's like Elijah Mitchell earlier this year. You know where he had that one? I think it was week one. He popped off. Everyone went spending right. their FAC money on him. And then I think he put up like three or four points against the Eagles the next week. I think Duke Johnson's the exact same way. I actually like all your pickups. I really like the Amon Ross St. Brown pickup as well, considering the Lions are playing a very weakened Falcons secondary this coming Sunday. Oh, yeah, and the Falcons stink, right? So it's a good and, – and, and you know what? For DFS, uh, like get Cordero Patterson into your life. Do that. Russell Gage as well. Gage keeps going, man. That Everyone's focusing on Kyle Pitts. The defense is on Kyle Pitts. And uh, Patterson, you can line up any, anywhere. Russell Gage pretty consistently over the past month has been real good. Exactly. And also the one thing I'm going to say about Kyle Pitts too, before we go is I like him. I think he's got a bright future. I think it's just a lot of people were investing their stock way too much into a rookie tight end thinking he's going to be this sensation when in reality, a lot of tight ends need a couple of years to grow. Like George Kittle didn't really pop off until his uh, third. He was good like through his first two years, but it was his third season when he fully had a fully mm -hmm. healthy Jimmy Garoppolo where he's good. So with Pitts, give it some time, but I could see next year being a good year. Like how TJ Hawkinson had a breakout last year. Yeah, and, and plus, too, Pitts is on a garbage uh, offense, and they just need to blow that up, right? I remember, so. I remember thinking, so the Falcons played the Pats about a month ago, and I'm like, okay, let's see what the Falcons are all about. I thought, hey, this could be a trap game. Then I realized the only pressure they were getting was from the Blitz, 
and their offensive line was horrible. So I'm just like, yeah, no, the Falcons are just a bad football team. I don't know how I don't know how they're six and eight. Yeah, just plain and easy. That's that's just what it is, <laughs> right? Pretty much. Well, uh, anyway, folks, we're gonna get Andy out of here. Him and I, like, look, we had a good conversation here, but what's, uh, I think it's time to wrap things up. Uh, this has been episode number one hundred thirty nine of YWC Football Talk, presented by SidelineShop.ca. For all your jersey needs, folks, visit SidelineShop.ca. Well, anyway, Andy, it was very great having you on again. Enjoy this week of football. Have a very happy holidays to you and your family. And anyway, folks, I will see you again for the Christmas show coming out this coming Thursday. Have a good one, everybody. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, undercurrent podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.